Happy Friday. <laughs> and welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are with us. My goodness. Isn't it interesting what can happen over the course of just 24 hours? And I think pretty much everybody is talking about the independent prosecutor's investigation of President Biden as it relates to the classified documents in his possession. Lots of angles that could be explored with this, but I think the story, from my perception, really turned into another example of this president's lack of mental acuity. I think that is really what has been on display over the last 24 hours. Deeper questions about this man's ability to serve as president of the United States. A number of angles to delve into with this. We'll hear some of the very combative comments that Joe Biden made. In fact, the way this went down is once the report came out, essentially saying, hey, Biden's not going to be charged. The information in it and the reasons they're not going to charge him and some of the information about his mental issues. He was out in about 15 minutes. He had to respond to this. And I think most would agree this man did not help himself. He did the very opposite. He further affirmed why he has no business being anywhere near the White House. And I think I'm going to make this prediction to you. I think we're going to see increasing calls to invoke the 25th Amendment. I made a comment about this, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but it was something to the effect that I'm convinced that if there were a competent, election-ready vice president, they would have done that by now. I'm convinced of that. But I think they are completely terrified with the idea of empowering Kamala. Because worst-case scenario... I think they'd want to push Biden out of the way and bring in somebody like Gavin Newsom. I still think that's quite possible between now and November. So the danger is, <laughs> how do you respond to these legitimate concerns about Joe Biden's mental capacity the really the only appropriate thing to do is to remove the man from office. But there's a cost to that. It's empowering Kamala. And I do not believe the Democrat Party wants to do that. So we'll talk about this issue of the 25th Amendment. And one member of Congress his perspective on this. Here are the Biden headlines from Drudge. Special counsel Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified information. On that alone, please answer this question for me. 
Why is this man not being prosecuted? Forget about the reasons that were given as to why not. Willfully retained and disclosed classified info. Let me ask you, put your name in that sentence. Put your name in that sentence. What do you think would happen to you? Put a member of our military in that sentence. What do we know has happened? These are quotes from this report, over 300 pages. Well-meaning elderly man with poor memory. Well, cry me a freaking river. He's the man who put himself in that position. And you'll hear him respond to some of these things that are part of this report. Did not remember when he was VP. What? Did not remember when his son died. President lashes out. But ultimately, no charges. Then, he makes another stunning gaffe. You're going to hear that gaffe coming up in just a few minutes. This is cataclysmic. I'm just being straightforward honest with you. I'm very concerned about this. I'm concerned about this country. Because we have a man who doesn't know where he is. And yet at the same time, you have people who for political reasons are hell-bent on keeping him in office. Because they are concerned about losing political advantage. That's really what this comes down to. There are people willing to subject this country to this man until January of 2025 for political purposes. They don't care what the consequences may be for us, the citizens. Now, I am not planning to make this a habit, and yet at the same time, I'm not apologetic about it at all. But yet again, I feel a heavy burden for this country. I really do. Because at a time where we have a number of very serious challenges, particularly the concerns about war and peace, we need somebody in the White House who has his head on straight. That's not Joe Biden. So before we delve into everything that happened last night, Joe Biden's angry news conference, I just want to briefly pray, Father, help us have mercy on this country. Have mercy on us. And I pray that you'll have mercy on Joe Biden. Lord, I pray that you would raise up somebody to protect this man. Deficiencies, protect us from those. That's our prayer. Love to get your thoughts as we continue our broadcast today. 704-570-1110 is the number. We'll jump right in, let you hear from the president himself, his responses, and... Also, 
Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, let's jump into this story about the Independent Counsel's investigation. The report released yesterday finding evidence President Joe Biden willfully retained and shared highly classified information when he was a private citizen, including about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan. But as you know, the determination was made that criminal charges are not warranted. This report from special counsel Robert Herr resolves a criminal investigation that had shadowed Biden's presidency for the last year, but had a biting critical assessment of his handling of sensitive government records and unflattering characterizations of his memory. They now raise fresh questions about his competency and age. These are issues that we've been concerned about for quite some time, not just here in talk radio. A lot of Democrats are concerned about this. Deep-seated concerns about his candidacy for re-election. Now, in his remarks at the White House, Biden denied he improperly shared classified information, and he angrily lashed out at her for some of the questions raised about his mental acuity, especially his recollection of the timing of his late son, Bo's death from cancer. Then you have the issue of inconsistency, which we will address later on. In terms of these documents, there was a kid glove approach to this with Joe Biden, but it was almost a military approach with Donald Trump. Sending agents down to Mar-a-Lago. But we'll talk about this a little later. And the concerns are expressed about the legal inconsistencies here out of this Justice Department. Let's begin with the first clip here. And I think this is the very beginning of questions. (laughs) I love this because the first question actually comes from Peter Ducey, who is the White House correspondent for Fox News Channel, who doesn't pull back any punches. But in this case, this really got under Joe Biden's skin. He was already angry when he came out in the first place. And this is the way it starts off, and it doesn't get any better. Here is a clip where you hear Biden get combative with reporters, not just one. Listen up. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out- is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's uh, that's that's your memory has gotten worse, Mr. President. My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory. Take a look at what I've done since I become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? 
You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Mr. President, voters have concerns about your age. How are you going to assuage them? And do you fear that this report is only going to fuel further concerns about your age? Only by some of you. Do you notice how he's trying to turn this into a matter of Joe Biden versus reporters? That's not the issue here. The reporters don't need to be convinced. We, the people, need to be convinced that you have all of your marbles, Mr. Magoo. That's what we're concerned about. Forget about the reporters. And you'll hear him take another swipe at reporter later. It's not about the reporters. It's not about what reporters and what the media thinks. But that's where he is. That's what he's trying to do in this news conference. Trying to characterize all of these ideas, questioning his mental fitness, as being media-based. They're not. And yet again, you will hear him attack another reporter. Listen to this one. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your is judgment. That is not the judgment concerns. of the press. They- huh? See, he's even confused answering that. That's your judgment, not the judgment of the press. Who cares about the press? So he's trying to separate this reporter from other reporters. I mean, first he's attacking all the reporters, and then he's trying to separate this reporter from the others and saying, well, this, that's just your opinion. The man's all over the map. He really is. Now, one of the things addressed during this report, one of the major reasons they didn't follow through with a criminal indictment, they're basically saying that this guy is not not mentally competent to stand trial. That's really what he's actually saying here. That's what special counsel Robert Hur is saying here. So, one of the things that is raised here, and I think this ought to concern just about anybody. The the trauma, and you'll hear another member of Congress address this, but you think of the trauma of losing a child, and my heart goes out to him for that loss. That's a horrible thing. And yet at the same time, during these interviews with the special counsel, He had trouble recalling the years he served as vice president. He could not pinpoint, even within several years, when his son Bo had died. I don't know about you. Now, I'm obviously a lot younger than Joe Biden is. But I I have to tell you, when my dad passed away, it immediately comes to my mind. I think of this because I think of the horrible year that was 2019. It is a year that is burned into my mind. Burned into my mind. I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to be off by several years. I know. It's almost like it's up in neon in my head. 2019. Probably the worst year of my life. This is a problem. 
His memory about a crucial debate on troop levels in Afghanistan was hazy. The first day of questioning at the White House in early October, Biden could not recall when his vice presidential term had ended. See, this is scary stuff, people. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president, he asked. Apparently not recalling, he left office in January 2017. The next day, as the interviews continued, he could not remember when his term began. Saying, in 2009, am am I still vice president? I hope you hear my heart. I deeply feel sorry for this man. This is a very, very troubled man. His memory. Prosecutors wrote in their report... At trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he's someone for whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury they should convict him. By then, a former president, well into his 80s, of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. I don't know about you. This sends chills down my spine. This is scary stuff. I mean, this when, when I read, I mean, I heard the response to this before I actually read the content of what was in the report. And it's worse than I thought. You don't even know when you stopped being vice president? I mean, these are not minor details, ladies and gentlemen. They're not. Oh, this creeps me out. It really does creep me out. Coming up, you're going to hear how the current president responds to what the prosecutor had to say. Honestly, what do you think of all of this? You know, is this something that, you know, those of us in the media are just typing up? Whether it's reporters, talk radio, are we just juicing up this thing for ratings? I want to know how many of you really care about this. You're genuinely concerned about this man's mental fitness. We have yet more. (laughs) I mean, you heard. I mean, you heard the concern expressed I don't know if it would be concerned. It's just presented as facts as part of the report from the special counsel about his memory issues related to his son's death, related to when his term as vice president actually ended. What are your thoughts? 704-570-1110 is the number. I want you to hear how he responded to this part where Robert Herr addressed these issues of memory problems. And he actually goes into detail about the things that, you know, you would expect that he would be uh, remembering these things. They'd be right on, 
you know, right on the edge of his memory, especially his son, when his son died. Uh, let's listen to Joe Biden take a swipe at the prosecutor. Listen up. There's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. Simple truth is I sat for a five-hour interview over two days of events going back 40 years. At the same time I was managing an international crisis, their task was to make a decision about whether to move forward with charges in this case. That's their decision to make. That's the council's decision to make. That's his job. And they decided not to move forward. For any extraneous commentary, they don't know what they're talking about. It has no place in this report. The bottom line is the matter is now closed. I'm going to continue what I've always focused on, my job of being president of the United States of America. Oh, my goodness. I mean, did you hear even his response? You know, I, I wonder if there was a reporter who would have had the courage to follow up and say, okay, when did your son pass away? I know it's a sensitive area. But clearly... Uh, this guy didn't put this in the report out of vindictiveness. He's raising questions about the man's mental fitness. And did you notice when he makes reference to the rosary beads, where he refers to Our Lady of, and he stops, Our Lady of who? Who? I... I this is so difficult, folks. It really is difficult to find reasons, excuses for this man's engagements. And then after all of this, all of this conversation about his mental fitness, striking out at reporters, accusing them of misjudging him, saying, you know, you're the only one who thinks this or that. Well, what does he do? A conversation about the ongoing situation in the Middle East? Listen to this wonderful gaffe about the Middle East. As you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. Mexico. Mexico. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you tell me. Is this all overblown? Or is there something really wrong here? I mean, I especially would love to hear from somebody who says, Hey, Vince, you're, you're really worked up about this unnecessarily he's okay his mind is okay 
it's not as bad as you think. If you can reassure me, I would appreciate that call. (laughs) If you have a contrary perspective, you're welcome to weigh in as well. Still to come, this whole discussion, the last 24 hours, has raised the entire matter of the 25th Amendment again. And now I think we're going to see, I'm serious, I think we're going to see increasing calls to invoke the 25th Amendment in regard to Joe Biden. This is not going to go away. This is going to get louder and louder and louder. And especially on the Democrat side, I think there's going to be ab- just absolute panic because they have got to come up with a plan to figure out how to not only get rid of Biden, but to get rid of Kamala. And then who is going to come to their aid to be the candidate for 2024. You heard yesterday, I shared with you an email from someone hoping it would be Michelle Obama. I mean, that would be their dream candidate. She would be literally coronated from day one. As if we need additional traffic issues, today, First Lady Jill Biden, isn't it wonderful, arriving at CLT at 1.30, visiting Atrium Health Levine Cancer Center at around 2 o'clock. So be aware of this and the traffic implications After the stop in Charlotte, First Lady Biden scheduled to fly into Nashville for a political event in Franklin, which is a suburban area. (laughs) Chris has written in, Vince, Joe Biden's coming to Charlotte today. I'll give you $100 if you can make your way to ask her and ask her why. Why in the hell is she letting her husband go through this? (laughs) Like I'm going to get anywhere near Joe Biden to ask that question. I mean, I'd love to. Somebody's got to. I have a feeling when we see video of this event, it's going to be very, very well managed to make sure nobody's going to get anywhere close to ask questions. Uh, No way. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Let's go out to a quick call here from Jack. Good morning, Jack, and welcome. Hey, Vince. How you doing, buddy? All right, sir. Hey, man. I, I just wanted to say, man, I saw the news conference with Biden, and I you know, saw the news stuff, man. But we got to admit, the guy's 81 years old, man. What do we expect? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, what do we expect? He's 80, I'm 69 years old, Vince, and I forget things, you know? And I get you, names wrong. So do he's you forget? 81 years let, old. Let me ask you, Jack, honestly. Yes, sir. Do you, you're not concerned that he doesn't remember when he left office as vice president? Oh, oh I, didn't, I didn't say I wasn't not concerned. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm very concerned. Yeah. Oh, I'm very concerned, Vince. I'm very concerned. I, I figured I you were. Like, yeah, and I was thinking last night, man, can, can you imagine seeing Biden and Trump first thing in the morning before they put their makeup on? <laughs> Stop. I mean, Don't do it, Jack. I mean, think... Think about that for a oh, minute, man. Gosh. That's a scary thought, man. Yeah, that's I that's mean, that's for I, those those women that to deal with. Uh, let me ask you this: Do you think 
<laughs> do you think there's anything other than political considerations keeping his cabinet from invoking the 25th Amendment? Oh, man, I don't think we've ever done it before. <clears throat> so I think that's, you know, that that's the challenge for that. But uh, I'm sure in some part, you know, it, it was discussed during the, 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 the Trump term. So I'm sure it's been discussed by somebody Abs- uh, in, the, I'm in sure. the Biden administration. Yeah, I'm sure it's been discussed, and it, it, it and it may come to that. But but here's my here's the scary part for me is the fact. Let's say um, I mean this. Let's say this destroys Biden's candidacy, and he doesn't win. Let's say so. All of a sudden, we're going to elect a, a a gentleman who's 78 years old. And from all indications, he's in bad physical condition. You know, you see Trump without the jacket on, man. He's, he's rolling in fat. And he, he's wearing makeup, and he's dying his hair. So we put ourselves right back in the same situation that we're in now. Pretty messy, isn't it? Which, which is another reason why I've said uh, we, we need somebody younger. We've got to sweep both of these old goats off the stage and I, I know that. Here's, here's, I know that. Yes. Here's my question to you, Vince. So why are we, in your opinion, why are we as a country and as electorate, the, the citizens, why have we put ourselves in this position? Because let me take you for instance. You, you've got contacts, political contacts that you've had over yeah. the years, and you've talked to candidates and stuff like that. Why aren't people like you promoting a younger? Uh, candidate. I mean, who's who, who's the Republican candidate if it's not Donald Trump for you guys? I mean, I think there are several possibilities here, but I I think a lot of it, to be honest with you, it's just it's it's laziness and a lack of imagination. I really think that's a lot of where we are. I think people are trying to play it safe. You know, they think that, you know, Trump has won before, he's accomplished this and that before, and I I think people are stuck there on the other side. I think people, you know, Biden's won before, he's defeated Trump, so let's hold on to him and let him do it again. So it's like, and yet you can do, you, you see the polls like I do. That indicate that that most people don't want to see a rematch of this. But, they don't. But, but Vince, I try to. I'm not that smart, man. So I try to keep things simple. But isn't it interesting that we are willing to elect two two? Uh, we've got two candidates run for president. That if we had to get them to babysit our kids, we wouldn't leave them with the kids. Oh gosh, that's I mean, a profound thought. That. Would you leave? Would you leave? Your, would you leave? Would you leave your daughters with Donald Trump for an evening? Uh, not a chance. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done that several years ago. I mean, but, Jack, but, but yet, I, but yet, Vince, but yet, there are people who believe that that under those circumstances, he still would be a good president. So I know, Jack. Jack, I appreciate your humorous edge you've brought to this too. It, it's good to get a wait, good wait, laugh you know, in there Vince, too. You can't. You, you can't take life too seriously. I know. It's going to get out of this alive, man. You know. Eggs, I'm reminded of that all the time. Believe me, Jack. Yeah. Always great to talk to you. Do call again soon. Uh, very much appreciate your perspective. Uh, let's go next to Randall. Randall got about a minute, sir. What are your thoughts? Hey, good morning, Vince. My heart breaks for uh, being our president, his mental capacity, and decline. But it breaks even more when I hear the way he's attacked personally. 
I mean, we, we, you, you're calling them names, Mr. Magoo, the old man in diapers. Vince, we, we, we should hope that God let us live that long and that somebody will have respect for us. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not a uh, Democrat, not at all. I'm a registered independent. But the way we're attacking this man, I don't like his policies. I don't like Donald Trump policies. But I don't attack them personally and call them out of their name and stuff. I, I just don't do that, Vince. I mean, you know, I'm just expressing my opinion. Let me I, hear what you have to say about that. I hear, I understand, I hear your heart and what you've communicated. I hope you, I don't know if you heard the beginning of this broadcast, by the way, that one of the first things I did was to pray for this man. You know, all joking aside about Mr. Magoo, uh, you know, trying to bring some uh, humor to this situation. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I I I hear your heart, and I want you to understand that, uh, you know, I think I've made it very clear, my concern for the man, for the person. Uh, this is not about pure politics. Dean, you got about a minute here. What are your thoughts? Um, this, I don't think that uh, we can talk about uh, our choices and all that, but I don't think we're given any choices. I think money talks and everything else walks, and in Washington it just shows how they really don't care about our vote and because they give us better candidates and all that. I, I just, I, I don't think that we have any really say in this at all. So you think this is all contrived? This is all set up and we're just given, you know, we're given the, it makes it look like we're given the choice, but somebody has made the choices for us. Yeah. That's what yeah, you absolutely. seem to be I mean, saying. It's, yeah, if if you're the if you're in power, um, you're certainly not going to give up that power or risk that power. So you're going to put people out there, and they're going to make it sound like a democracy. And we're going to we're going to hear complaints that why are we allowing this and why are we doing this? We're not allowing anything. Um, I think everybody, you know, everybody would like to see better candidates, someone more vested in the, you know, that can remember. Is you know, is this the red button I'm supposed to push? Or the blue button, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I hear you, Dean. Hey, Ver I understand and appreciate your perspective. I think there are a lot of people in that same place that suggesting this thing is somehow rigged in more ways we can imagine. I promise we'll try to get to more of your calls. We've also got Faith Focus Friday on the other side, and we'll talk about the Twenty Fifth Amendment as we continue our Friday broadcast. Stay with us. Welcome to hour number two of the Mitz Coakley radio program. And, hey, I'm a man of my promises. I said we would try to get to more of your calls. We will do that before we continue on here. Let us go first to a call from Steve. Good morning and welcome, Steve. Vince. Hey, Vince. Uh, last night, uh, the Carlson-Putin uh, interview everybody was waiting on. Probably one of the greatest TV two hours to watch. Really gave you a, a great insight into the genesis of the Ukraine war. And, uh, you know, Tucker, was he hit him pretty good. 
He, he one of his uh, questionnaires, Putin says, uh, you know, why didn't you just pick up the phone and call? Have you talked to uh, Biden about the war? And Putin says no in the last two years because he knows Putin's not running anything. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Biden. Biden. You're saying Biden's, Biden's not, not running, running anything, right? And and the fact is that uh, you know this this war in Ukraine was started by the CIA involvement back in 2014 when we overthrew the duly elected leader, and we talk about democracy like it's you know. It, it's the Holy Grail, and we're over there taking a baseball bat to the bee's nest. And this <laughs> perpetuates the war. So, you know, uh, uh, Carlson did a great service to the American people uh, by this interview. What, did you watch it, Vince? What did you think? I, I actually did not see the interview. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I I don't have a lot of interest in that for whatever reason. What? But, but you I but you're Vince, Vince, you don't have Oh my to gosh. Vince. Steve, Steve, relax. It's not the end of the world. But you may continue. Make your case as to why it was so important for me to listen to Tucker Carlson have a conversation with Vladimir Putin. Well, we've got Congress in, a, in, in lockdown right now. They're trying to more taxpayer money going to buy more missiles and, and military armaments to kill more people when all we really need to do is stop sending munitions over there. And Putin said, that's it. He has no interest in going toward the West, going expanding into uh, Europe. He wants you to believe him. So, Steve, yeah. you believe him. Absolutely. And he's okay. very articulate. Yeah. He's very smart. Put him up against Biden. Biden. Oh goodness! That boy needs to suck his Do we thumb. have to? Do we have to? <laughs> Steve, I understand what you're saying here, and and meaning no meaning no disrespect to you. Uh, part of what I'm what I'm I'm, I'm frustrated here on a number of fronts, but I, that I don't want to delve into right now. But it is frustrating that we. Uh, we basically have a vacancy in the White House. We have a vacant president. That's, we have a man overboard. Yeah, that's exactly what it's we're dealing with. And, and Congress should not do anything until that man is out of the Oval Office. He is putting America in jeopardy, Vince. This, listen, one false move by that individual in the White House, and it's curtains. Let me ask you this, Steve. Let me ask you this quickly. Yeah, sure. What's what's Biden's not Biden? What is Vladimir Putin's solution to this war? So you're basically telling me that if we stop funding this war, that he's going to pull all of his troops out and they will return to the situation as it was before the invasion. That's what he said last night. He has, and you believe that, and you believe yes, he'll I do know. that. Yes, okay. I know. I'm, Interesting. Yes, okay. Well, I, I, I'd love to hear other perspectives on this. Thanks for your call, Steve. Uh, well, Vince, like, if, if, if he said it, if Putin said it, it's got to be true. Oh, my gosh. He can't. He, he wouldn't lie. I, I, you, you just have no idea how much restraint I've just exercised on so many levels. I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> oh, 
gosh. Uh, we'll take one more call before I lose my mind here. Let's go out to Jim. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the broadcast, Jim. Hey, Vince. How are you doing this morning? Hey, I just, uh, first of all, I want to say I, I truly enjoy your show. Thank you. Always Appreciate have, that. I thought you were first class, so you were at SOC, and I've been listening to your radio show for years. So, you know, kudos. Great job. Um, I just wanted to understand, when it comes to this case with Biden and the top secret, confidential, I know there's a lot of different classifications for the documents that he had in his garage, why they come back and they say, well, we can't prosecute him because he's senile. That, to me, doesn't make any sense. It's crazy, isn't it? If he violated laws, then he should be prosecuted. And I think the difference between what Joe Biden did versus what President Trump did is that Joe Biden was a senator and a vice president. He doesn't have any, you know, in those offices, he can't declassify anything, whereas President Trump could. I'm not defending President Trump. Right. I hear you. He did some things that weren't right. But in the case of Joe Biden, if he had top secret documents that could do exceptional or grave damage to our national security, I don't see how you can't hold him accountable. I don't care if he's senile or not. This I mean, cr- it's this crazy, is isn't information it? he took over several decades, probably, right? Doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and it doesn't make sense. I think if you were to poll most Americans and even Democrats, I think they would probably agree with you that there's uh, there's something wrong with this on so many levels. Um, it's unfortunate. This is this is the country we have now, Jim. Thanks very much for your call. Where prosecution depends on who you are. You're going to hear this addressed. Uh, there's a member of Congress who's very much concerned about the mental state of this current president. You're going to hear his comments. He's also going to address this problem of this unequal justice system and how, you know, we're treating one person in political office one way, one person who was in a political office another way. And, you know, and let's go back to Hillary Clinton. There's never any question about what she did. There's never any question about the legality of what she did. But it was a judgment call. In her case, they rolled on the issue of intent. And again, I raised the question, and we can ask that question. We could say, oh, I didn't really intend to do that. How many of us are going to get by with this? Were you going to hear this particular issue addressed? All right, because of my generosity, we'll take one more call here. Let's go out to a call from Rakeem. Good morning and welcome. Take it away, Rakeem. Let's go out to a call. Good morning and welcome. I believe he must have fallen asleep or something or still has the radio on, which we tell you to make sure you turn off. Let me very quickly go over... Section 4, I believe it is, of the 25th Amendment. Now, this was ratified by the states in the aftermath of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Provides the procedures for replacing the president or vice president in the event of death, removal, resignation, or, here's the key word, 
incapacitation. That's a very important word here. The Watergate scandal saw the application of these procedures. First, when Gerald Ford replaced Spiro Agnew as vice president. Then when he replaced Nixon as president. And then when Nelson Rockefeller filled the resulting vacancy to become the vice president. Just some examples of what has happened in the past thus far. To my understanding, I don't think we've ever had a situation where there's been a determination that the president's incapacitated and should be replaced. Section three, whenever the president transmits to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House, his written declaration, he is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. And until he transmits to them a written declaration to the contrary, such powers and duties shall be discharged by the vice president as acting president. Okay. Then we go into another aspect of this, section four. Whenever the vice president majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House their written declaration the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the vice of the office of acting president. Thereafter, when the president transmits to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House, his written declaration no inability exists, he shall resume the powers and duties of his office unless the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive department or of such other body as Congress may by law provide transmit within four days to the president pro tem of the Senate and the Speaker of the House their written declaration the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Thereupon Congress shall decide the issue assembling within 48 hours for that purpose if not in session if the congress within 21 days after receipt of the latter written declaration or if congress is not in session within 21 days after congress is required to assemble determined by two-thirds vote of both houses the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office the vice president shall continue to discharge the same as acting president otherwise the president shall resume the powers and duties of his office. This is the most convoluted writing. Who writes? It's only lawyers who can write this stuff. I mean, it really is. Only lawyers. And I'm not trashing lawyers here, but this legalese stuff is, gets to be kind of confusing. Bottom line is, they can make the declaration, the determination that this man is not fit for office and turn powers over to the vice president and ultimately Congress gets involved and I think that would be an absolute mess this year can you imagine what that would look like my goodness and I think ultimately you're not only gonna have to have a cabinet that's in agreement with this you're gonna have to have a majority of the Democrat Party coming to the place they agree you know what it's time for this guy to go 
And the question is, when does this political critical mass happen? Or does it happen? It may not. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Before we go there, how about Faith Focus Friday? I want to share several social media posts. The first from Richard. I ran into Richard last week, and I thought to myself, man, I wish I had a tape recorder going. I can't remember what we were talking about, but man, I thought, you know, after the conversation, I thought, I really wish my listeners could have heard what he had to say. Uh, Richard's in his 30s. Young man working hard out there. He's learned a lot. And I'd really love for you to hear his perspective. Let me share a post that he's put up this week. Lesson learned recently. I don't care how much psychobabble and self-help content you consume. It's not your job to employ it on everyone else or every time you notice a broken part of someone else. Look inward and see how you can apply the things you learn to your life. Create stability within yourself first. You'll drive yourself crazy trying to fix someone else. you got to fix you first. There's so much wisdom there. It reminds me of the important line, put on your mask before helping others. Yeah. And what Jesus said, very important, where he said, first, what did he say? Get the log out of your own eye. Then you can see how to get the speck out of your neighbor's eye. See, we've got this backwards so many times. We're out there trying to fix everything and everybody. Start at home. This has been a priority for me the last few years. You know, focus on me. What, what's going on in my life? And this is where real change becomes organic in engaging other people. Because it's a reality in your life first. And you know what's really interesting? This ties in with the next quote. Dan posted this on social media. And it's a Richard Rohr quote. Remember, it is only transformed people who have the power to transform others, as if by osmosis. Usually, you can lead others only as far as you yourself have gone. Too often, we try to push, intimidate, threaten, cajole, and manipulate others. It seldom works, because that is not the way the soul works. Isn't that right on the money? And one final item for Faith Focus Friday. This is from Timothy. I'm editing part of what he said out. Because it might be a little... <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly with what he's saying. Let me just share it. If Jesus in his infinite goodness only took 12 to himself to teach and equip for ministry, you got to wonder at the gall of today's, quote, preachers who gather hundreds and thousands to themselves under the pretense of doing the same. What kind of Kool-Aid drinking, mutual admiration society cult are they running? I think it's a great question. See, transformation happens at that personal one-on-one -on -one level. I'm not downplaying the importance of teaching or preaching. But I'm telling you, folks, this 
world is crying out for relational authenticity in our neighborhoods, in our communities, and darn it, in our own homes. That's where it starts. And really, those two quotes I shared with you earlier, that's where it starts. Us being healthy, whole people, and then being able to share that with those around us. I do not ever want to be, I guess I'll just go ahead and say this. I've had people come to me, even recently, you know, you want to start a church. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll lead worship at your church. I don't have any interest in such a thing. I don't. Part of it is I want to focus on my own development. And the second thing is I want relational development to be organic and relational. And sometimes that is slow. And it is not fascinating, not exciting, but I like it that way. I'm not looking for attention. That's the last thing I'm looking for. Anyway, I want to see genuine transformation. And we're back on the Vince Coakley radio program. I want to quickly go to some social media items. Russ writes in, a lot of people have been pointing out the decline in Biden's mental fitness, but I don't think enough people remember the man has never been that smart (laughs) and has always been a habitual liar. Yep. Declining mental acuity is difficult for anyone, but just imagine how hard it would be if most of your life was built on lies. Yes. This is important. And to the caller I know who was expressing concern about how it feels like people were piling on him, this is also part of the consequence of living your life like this. And at this old age, still not communicating any sense of humility. I mean, come on, people. I take all kinds of fire from people for my comments about the arrogance, the disgusting arrogance of Donald Trump. It's not absent from Joe Biden. This is a very arrogant man. And I would say the same thing to him that I say about Donald Trump. He needs to humble himself. I would have a very different view of a humble Joe Biden. That was not a humble Joe Biden last night. That was a very arrogant man making excuses and blaming other people. I mean, he's blaming people working for him for the way these documents were handled. Again, the buck stops here. I'm responsible. I'm sorry. I mean, you could say that now. Because there's no danger of prosecution. But he didn't say it, did he? So I I just dismiss the claptrap that comes out of his mouth from there. Chris writes in, why would they toss out Biden with the 25th Amendment or any other reason? He's been unable to discharge his duties for a long time, and the legacy Obama advisors and other hard-left operatives that were installed and around and behind him are loving their power running the country into the ground while old Joe takes all the blame. I think there's some merit here. This is working out great for them. Great show, Vince. I I think there's validity to what you have said. 
the people who are the hangers-on, the grifters, and grifters aren't just financial. They're people who are grasping for power. They're everywhere. And they have a vested vested interest in the status quo. Let's very quickly get to a congressman who is commenting about the issues related to our current president. Um, Where do we begin here? First here, his name is Pat Fallon. He is a member of Congress. I'm trying to see here very quickly which um, district he represents. Um, Any case, he is a Republican, not surprisingly. But he had a conversation on the Fox News channel yesterday. Let's first get his reaction, Pat Fallon's reaction, to the report about Joe Biden. Listen up. I'm I'm appalled and uh, I'm really alarmed because the fate of humanity rests uh, upon the job that the person that holds this office does. And Joe Biden is clearly incapable of it. Uh, It's... (laughs) He doesn't remember. I mean, certain memories are seared into your mind if you're healthy. And that is like when, unfortunately, your son dies. You know the year. You know when you served as vice president of the United States. I can tell you when James Monroe served as president, and I don't know James Monroe. I never knew the guy. So, I mean, that that's worrisome, Trace. Very worrisome. Yeah. Conversation with Trace Gallagher on the Fox News Channel. By the way, Pat Fallon is from Texas. And here he addresses the issue of the DOJ's double standard. You know, you remember you had the DOJ very aggressively going after Donald Trump and now here we have a the dismissal the idea of any charges against Joe Biden. Here is Fallon speaking of the double standard. Uh, to what the panel was saying earlier there is it's not just the actual documents that the former president had and and documents Mm -hmm. that the the president had in his garage in in Delaware. It's the approach of both the cases. You have the FBI going to Mar-a-Lago. You have you have a different approach. You have, you know, permission being asked for the president to be able to go through and look for these things. It's just a different perception. And and maybe it's right and maybe it's legally uh, just the way these things were handled. But from the optics point of view, from the American Mm -hmm. point of view, it doesn't look like it's the same type of case. The DOJ was coddling one and they have the other in the crosshairs. That's clearly, and let's explain to to, to your viewers too, Trace, when we go into a skiff and we're exposed to and handle classified information, we have to take our watches off. We can't use the AirPods. We don't have anything with us that's electronic. You go back to like 1970 as far as technology goes. And when you leave, you can't take notes. If you've taken notes in there, they have to stay in the skiff. So how in the world did Joe Biden have boxes of classified information? And this excuse of, well, he's got a feeble mind and he didn't remember. Well, you know what? If they go into your house and they find two kilos of heroin and you say, I don't remember how it got here, that mm-hmm. doesn't matter. They're coming after you anyway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're coming after you. Come here, people talk about the bad precedent this sets. And more comments about Joe Biden's decline.
You've heard some comments from Representative Pat Fallon of Texas. He has talked about the double standard, his overall reaction to this report from the special counsel. And here's the last thing he says. It's about the bad precedent that has been set here and the depth of the decline that is quite noticeable with Joe Biden. Listen up. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just break it down very simply. Let's say somebody's driving 115 miles an hour, they get pulled over by a state trooper, Trace, and then he says, do you know how fast you were going? Honestly, officer, I can't remember. Well, then get on your way. That's essentially the precedent they're setting. And let me also tell you, Trace, I was having a private conversation with Chris Smith, who is a Republican member of Congress since 1981. He's from New Jersey. He's very good personal friends with Joe Biden, or at least they were. And he's he, he had talked to him back in 2021. And I asked him, is it the same person? And he said, no, he's a shadow of who he was. So yeah. he is not mentally competent. I can't believe he's lasted this long. And we sure as heck cannot reelect him in November this year a big amen to that see and this is what really matters the again it's the personal relationships the people were able to see you know hey how are you doing and this is i have this in my life people can i've told people specific things and you know if you ever see me do this or behave in this way i want you to get in my face i've told people that and I fully expect that they will if some of those situations arise. This is what genuine friendships and relationships are about. But when everything's driven by power and by money, you know, forget it. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that's going to stop that. And that's really where we are. It's all driven by money. M-O-N-E-Y. A couple of quick things I want to get to before the end of the broadcast. Troy posted on social media some positive stuff. Congratulations to Panther great Julius Peppers on getting named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame on the first ballot. Yep. Charlotte Observer writing about this. A homegrown Hall of Famer. Julius Peppers makes history for the Carolina Panthers. One of the greatest Carolina Panthers players in franchise history officially announced as a first ballot Pro Football Hall of Famer Thursday night. Defensive end, playing 10 of his 17 seasons with the Panthers. Elected in his initial year of eligibility, also made history by becoming the first member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame to have played the majority of his career with Carolina. And we are so glad that he was here. Kevin Green, Reggie White, Sam Mills, among the 300-plus members of the Hall of Fame, all were former Panthers, too. So is Carolina General Manager Bill Polian, who was also a Hall of Famer. But all four of those men spent well over half their football careers in other cities. Peppers, on the other hand, truly a homegrown Panthers Hall of Famer, as well as the first player the Panthers drafted to be enshrined. Born and raised in the tiny town of Bailey, North Carolina, 35 miles east of Raleigh, going to school at UNC, making such a name for himself that he was the number two overall pick of the 2002 draft by Carolina. The defensive rookie of the year, 2002, would eventually set all sorts of records as one of the greatest Panther players of all time. For that reason, we congratulate Julius Peppers for his new honor, well-deserved honor.
Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Wow, there are a lot of items here. How are you doing this morning, sir? You ready for this one? Doing well, doing well. I just want to add to that Julius Peppers bit. Uh, also, uh, Carolina basketball uh, played two, two, two sport athlete there at UNC Chapel Hill. So uh, really just all around great athlete. Well deserved for Julius. Yeah, thanks for adding that, Tommy. That's really, uh, I mean, just further affirms. Just all around, what a great guy and great athlete we're talking about in Julius Peppers. 1825, we've talked about election chaos. The House decided the presidential election winner that year, John Quincy Adams, the winner. 1870, this is a very important agency, still operating. They're the ones who let you know when there's a severe thunderstorm warning. Or a tornado warning? What is the name of this agency that Congress authorized in 1870? That the National Weather Service? National Weather Service. You are correct. I should know that one. 1883, first miniature golf course opened on Lookout Mountain, Tennessee. I didn't know this. The name of it was Tom Thumb Golf. Five years, there were 25,000 of these in the country. So these just took off just took off 1894 this guy's first name was milton he founded this chocolate company do you know his last name that would be hershey You'd... as a uh, kid who grew up going to hershey park every couple summers uh-huh. riding the uh you know little ride through chocolate world where they show you how the chocolate's <laughs> made you know you know the name milton hershey yeah absolutely absolutely 1942 daylight saving time instituted 1950, Senator McCarthy declared, there are people of this political persuasion in the State Department. What were they? Uh, Would those be the communists? Communists! You better believe it. Yeah, 1960. I cannot believe this. We had the first star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame. I know you don't know who this is, but do you know who actually got the first star? It's Joanne Woodward did not know that. I had no idea. She's the first one. 1964, we had someone talking about this yesterday. The uh, date mentioning the appearance by this group on the Ed Sullivan Show. That would be the Beatles. The Beatles. 1992, Magic Johnson returned for the NBA All-Star Game. And 1994, this guy became the first black president of South Africa. Uh, Nelson Mandela. You darn well better believe it. Before we go, you know what's going on this weekend. Get a load of this. Super Bowl bets. Study finds saying Super Bowl bets will shatter records. One in four Americans gambling on this big game. Not you North gam- Carolinians, though. You gambling on this? I can't I mean, yet. I can't. Oh. Not till March. Okay. All right. Just checking. <laughs> 67.8 million Americans expected to bet $23.1 billion on the Super Bowl. Let's see how this one turns out. Have yourselves a great weekend. God bless you.